0: Such an awesome privilege to be with you, and my message is going to be loving people the way God loves us so we 're in one John, and uh, I need to say this to you out of all the disciples. John was the one that loved, and he had a close connection with jesus and when he writes about himself he 's the one whom Jesus loved, not that that was ever competitive but uh, Uh, He loved just being close. Interesting enough, Peter was the leader. So John never jumped out of the boat. Peter walked on water. Uh, We just see the different personalities and ministries. So let me read from 1 John and then one verse from John. What I'm going to be presenting to you today is a huge big chunk of steak, no milk today. And that was John. He like got to the point and said, this is the standard of Christ and you guys can get there through the power of the Holy Spirit. So let me read 1 John 4, 4 from verse 7. Dear friends, there was John's love. Let us continue to love one another. And I think that's important. We're good starters of love, but ending or continuing is our problem for love comes from God he's saying it's supernatural anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God but anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love so he's just saying that's the definition of love so if you don't love you can't be connected to him God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. What a challenge that we can love people who don't love us. Awesome. 1 John 4 from verse 16, God is love and all who live in love live in God that's a concept of being totally immersed I'm living in love I I don't just love occasionally I'm not just goal driven I'm not just purpose driven I live in love and as we live in God our love grows more perfect so as a Christian we're on a journey where our love is growing more perfect so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment but we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Isn't that amazing? We can have confidence on Judgment Day. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. One more, John 13, 34. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. This is Jesus. "So So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Okay, so I'm just going to quickly take some serious points out of this. Firstly, there is really only one standard or way to love. And that is extreme personal sacrifice. If we're not sacrificing, it's not the love that John or Jesus are talking about. So as Jesus loved by sacrificing His life on the cross, so all of us, So he loved us even when we rejected him and persecuted him. Guys, can we love people who reject and persecute us? He's saying that's the standard. Uh, And it's all undeserved, endless grace and mercy. None of us ever deserve the love of Jesus. You know, there was just Mary and Mary Magdalene, even the disciples scattered. And he said, Father, forgive them. So that's our challenge endless grace and mercy I must be honest with you as a human being I have a cut off line do do you guys am I the only one that's it not doing this again but he's speaking about this grace that is abounding So that's our first point there secondly if we do not love sacrificially we actually don't know God we don't know him he said that God is love so if we do not live our lives in love then God doesn't live inside of us that is such a that's a serious statement I'm not living in love you saying God doesn't know me sure then love is supposed to be our defining characteristic that third scripture They will know you by your love. Not our theology. Not our statement of beliefs. We're anti this, anti that. We don't believe in this. This is what we believe. It's not our theology. It's not our denomination. It's not our church. It's our love. What a challenge that people will say, I know she's a Christian. I know he's a Christian. Because of this crazy love they have. I told you it would be a challenging morning. But it's all in the Word of God. Then... Love is a command. It's not a suggestion or an option. That is kind of works if you have a personality uh, of mercy or nature. Um, like the painters do. And that's amazing. So you might say, well, you know what? I'm more goal-driven. But you know, you can be merciful and goal-driven. You're saying, it's, and we live in a world today where... Um, the average person is not compassionate. I think too much happens in South Africa and in the world that, that we almost have this reaction. I just, we just blank it out. Um, I see people sobbing on TV overseas. And I'm it's just like, I'm saying, where's my compassion gone? I'm just left. Well, we see that all the time. We're not necessarily people focused. But I think you're gathering from the scriptures we read, that's a command. You have to be people focused. Awesome. And you see, in order to do that, there's two things we need. One is faith and integrity. I promise you, when someone is difficult, when someone has let you down, you can only love them by faith. To saying, God, I'm doing it because you've told me to do this, but otherwise, these people are gonna hurt me and add more hurt, right? Because we step back from people who hurt us all the time. Um, and then integrity I want to explain this Uh, when I first looked at 1 John uh, in chapter 1 it says walk in the light or live in the light as He is in the light so it's interesting because God is light but He walks in His light so what does that mean? God doesn't say this is is my principle and value I want you to live in it but you know what? I have the option of doing differently so God is going to love us Literally love us forever as a matter of integrity. You might be the most difficult person. Tell me, how many of you here are difficult? There we are. I can be difficult too. <laughs> and we being honest. God doesn't love you less because you're difficult. So, yes, it's a command. Phew. I've got to swallow that. Sure, awesome. Then... When we continue to love others, it is our best guarantee for judgment day. Do you know what Jesus said in Matthew 7? He says, on that day, many will say, but I cast out demons, I perform miracles, I prophesied in your name. And He will say, depart from me, I never knew you. You see, knowing God is loving God and loving people. It's the two, the commands. So, if you are on the love journey yes it's not going to be perfect you have a guarantee if, if God were to say to you you've got five minutes left and I'm taking you you're calm because you embraced love phew okay let's continue you know what our problem is our problem is the translation of Greek words and the word love for us Uh, could be a strong attraction I really love that person they're best looking they appeal to me Um, and you know it might not even be physical you might be attracted to their personality their sense of humor but there's an attraction and it's an emotional feeling or else I love ice cream I love sunsets I just love it I love that jersey you're wearing okay right Um, or I'll love you as long as you stay committed to me okay guys we we, we know that's the love we know Um, if I don't feel love anymore or you offend me I'm going to move on and I may cancel you off my Facebook, off my Twitter off my whatever else these things are you know that, uh, what's it? Twitch, Twitter, but anyway. Um, uh, okay. So what does the Greek word mean? The Greek word is agapeo. And Guys, I'm not throwing Greek out to you. I'm not a Greek student, by the way. Uh, I've met some ministers that can speak Greek fluently. But the word agapeo means to love, to value, to esteem, to honor and to have and to demonstrate a generous concern for the well-being of others I'm concerned about people but I love those words value esteem and honor and I'm going to explain a little bit more to you so when I agapeo it's a decision of the will not my feelings I can wake up and I can wake up in the morning thing I don't want to see people just give me my dog or the cat. But people I've had enough of. If you, you know why it's a choice of the will? Because it's the will of God. Um, so true love will always be connected to value. Esteem and honor. You see, God has chosen to value us. Why? Have you ever thought about it? Because He created us in His own image. Secondly, Psalm 139. I always go back to it. I'm sorry if people hear me preaching. It's going to come up over and over. Where David had this revelation that when I was formed in my mother's womb, you were there. You made all the delicate inner parts of my being. And you were delighted by what you made. So, God continues to value us. Even in our sinful state. You just say, Graham, you don't know what I've done. You don't know my past. God never values us less. That's why He sent His Son. Remember, God lives outside of time. So Jesus always knew you. He, he died for you personally. He didn't die for future populations. He died for you individually. Because He's always known you. Can we accept that in God? Amen. So God demonstrated His love, His value, and His honour with this. Millions of precious This is what David said, Psalm 139, 17 and 18. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. Now that's really going off pop, isn't it? When I wake up, you're still with me. You see, what characterises God's love is such a value that His thoughts for us are always precious. Do you have precious thoughts for everyone you know? Your (laughs) (laughs) mother-in-law. Nervous, nervous, uh, what's it? No, seriously. Do you you have precious thoughts about people? Are there groups of people? Are there categories of people? Are you working? You know what? Sometimes you're working in a difficult environment. God's not going to move you on till you have precious thoughts about everyone there, including that boss. I had a boss who I swear was related to Hitler. I'm sure if I did the DNA test. I had to do all his work and I come into that office in town as a lawyer, up that lift, put the lights on, do my own work. Because I had to do all of his work. Are your thoughts precious about every single human being? Guys, that's why... For the rest of your life, we're going to be growing in love. Okay, this is a growth thing. So yes, I think our challenge is also to to love in such a way that we value and honour people. Because God values and honours them. So that will be shown in our outreach and our pastoral care. The two have to be strong. We can't just outreach. When people come into our church, we need a structure that will care for them. Because our thoughts are precious. Awesome. Okay. So I'm going to look, briefly look at five ways that we can love people. And there's many ways. I just thought that in the pressure and the stress and and, and the kind of culture in the 21st century, these would be good to look at. Firstly, spending time. Today, we don't have time. Can I tell you, because our spare time we're spending on the phones anyway. We're on the net. But otherwise, there's 101 things. I promise you, when I was a kid, I think everyone operated at about quarter of the pace. People took Wednesday afternoon off. That's when the the jolly ship came in from England and guys played golf in the afternoon, every Wednesday afternoon. I mean, life has sped up and sped up. We actually have to consciously make time for people to make eye contact, to have a meal, have a cup of coffee, to just smell the roses. You know, Zacchaeus, Jesus was, had crowds following him. And this detestable, if you want to call it that way. Zacchaeus was not a nice man. He was up a tree. And Jesus called him. He got such a fright. He fell down the tree. Bing, boom, boom. And Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house for lunch. And everybody was shocked. How can you have a meal with someone like that? But that's because God values him. God valued him. And we know that in that time together, there was a breakthrough. He paid back four times the amount of money that he had ch- cheated people. Imagine if the tax man came back to you said, <laughs> Here's 50,000 Rand. We've cheated you. Okay. I think I'd died and gone to heaven. Okay. <laughs> Because Taxman doesn't like giving me money. Um, sorry if anyone works for SARS. I do love you. I value you. <laughs> okay. So, spending time. Secondly, acts of kindness. We live in a difficult world, people are difficult. Can we be kind? Hospitality. Is your house open or is it your castle? When you buy a new house, do you ask God for a big lounge that can fit your view group? In? I would say, that's the first thing. You might say, grab, I've only got so much money to buy a house, and I can just buy a small lounge. In the name of Jesus, God will give you a big lounge. Amen. My house was like a railway station over the years. We've had, pe- we had people living with us for 20 years. I'm not saying everyone must do that. I'm just saying, you've got to find a way to be kind to people you know let's get back to this fellow John 1 John 2 9 to 11 if someone has enough money to live well sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion how can God's love be in that person whoa okay let's move on quickly quickly okay I was going to share a scripture a very interesting scripture but I just think time is not with us okay, so acts of kindness, time what about treating people with dignity and value and honor guys, that's a challenge I've, listen, when people are deliberately not giving me service I can get sharp anyone like that? <laughs> nobody, in the, no, nobody in that store is interested in your situation, problem okay, but all cultures all race groups all subcultures, whatever You know, people of a different religion, we almost feel that we can just criticize and mock. No. Dignity, value, and honor. Because God has never devalued one of us. Okay, the Rand may devalue, but not your value before God. Okay, interesting. We've gone three things. None of them cost a whole lot of money. An act of kindness. Do you know, I was going to read you the scripture where on Judgment Day, everybody's divided on the basis of whether they gave something, somebody thirsty something to drink, something to eat, gave them clothes when they had no clothes. To you know why? Because uh, that sounds weird to me. On Judgment Day, does that mean that we say by works? No. What Jesus was saying to the religious leaders is that when my love is in you, you will help people. It's just natural. Okay, awesome. Forgiveness. Oh, my word. Many years ago, somebody said that he believed that in the last days, there was going to be more and more offenses. People were going to be offended. I think we live in a world where people are outraged. People are offended. People are hurt. Because hurt people hurt people. So there's so much brokenness, broken relationships. Do you know that we forgive people? because of their value, not because they deserve to be forgiven. Because God doesn't devalue them. The Lord's Prayer says, forgive me my sins as I forgive others. The two go together. You can't separate the two. Um, because you know what? When you forgive people, you release them. Imagine if Jesus on the cross had not said, Father, forgive them. Ooh. The whole world up to this generation would have been held in captivity to that sin of what, of what we did to Jesus. But Jesus said, forgive them. Um, nobody ever deserves forgiveness. There's never an excuse for the things we do to people. Is there really? Is there really? There's no excuse. But somehow or another, God keeps our value and so do we, accordingly. Because when we look through the eyes of love, we see original value, we see the possibility of restoration, and we see destiny that still has to be fulfilled in the life of that person. And we, see, we ask ourselves the question, what is best for that person? Yes, in our forgiveness, we still deal with the problem. We sit down, have a cup of tea, saying, I'll forgive you. But can we try and understand why you've done this? Okay, I'm going to read 1 John 2, 9 to 11. Once again, old John goes, If anyone claims I'm living in the light, but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. Do you know that, that our anger and offensiveness can cause people to stumble? but anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness such a person does not know the way to go having been blinded by darkness now you say to me Graham I'm not that kind of person I'm, you know I'm fairly yeah I'm cool I don't hate anyone let's get to the Greek meaning <laughs> That's, that is translated hatred the Greek word means obviously to detest as we normally think of hatred but it also means to regard with less affection to love less and to esteem or value less when you have a ding with someone and they've hurt you do you not automatically have less affection? do you not value them less? I thought you were my friend the value drops <laughs> the esteem drops the honor drops can you understand this guys this is such a high standard none of us can do this without the Holy Spirit I, I promise you because you wired with a heart I, I don't care the hardest person gets hurt I might say it doesn't mean anything to me no no that arrow has gone into your heart You can't help lowering value. John is saying, if you live in love and you live in God, you can, by His grace, retain the value. Just briefly, because offenses are such a big thing, I want to look at three categories. The first category I would call small offenses. You know that irritation, that slight, that sarcastic remark, that tease. You know when someone says any teasing, any teasing, you liar. Any teasing, zzz, zzz, just teasing. <laughs> um someone is just in a faulty mood, just bzz, said it there, and you feel offended. You Not know the word of God says, let it go. Proverbs nineteen eleven. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offence. Do you know that as mature Christians, there are a lot of offences we can overlook. Not all offences. The second category is offences that seriously challenge your relationship with someone. Can't be left. That's where Matthew 18 comes in if your brother or sister sins go and point out their fault just between the two of you if they listen to you you've won them over if they will not listen take two or three along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses if they still refuse to listen tell it to the church that's your leadership team and if they refuse to even listen to the church treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector oh my hat okay isn't that judging there just right there um The first thing is, do you know how much trouble we can sort out by going to somebody? Oh, not after you've told your spouse and all your friends and everybody you know who then goes to someone and says, just just don't tell anyone, this is confidential. This is what happened to Graham. This is what happened to Graham. Already the bird has flown the coop. Before you tell your wife, who is going to be mad with that person forever? Go to that person. How many problems will be solved like that? Secondly, taking two or three witnesses, they calm, mature people who are there to mediate, not to judge. A witness is not the judge. Hey, stop it, stop it. It's your fault. It's your fault. They're just there as a group of people to bring calmness to the conflict. With me? Thirdly, take it to the church to the appropriate leadership. I used to have people, they would, they would skip stage one and two, straight to Graham. I'm going to the top. Do you know that that has never solved the conflict? It's never. Because God only blesses us in conflict resolution when we go through the steps. And by the way, getting to the senior leader... Is not the answer. There is an appropriate leadership uh, p- person who may, if the thing serious or doesn't get resolved, bring it to the senior leader. But that's unnecessary. With me? What about the third group? And I was being very honest. I get a, I get a, I, I get panic. I get claustrophobic. There's a certain category of offence. If somebody did something to one of my grandchildren or my children or my wife, a a certain level of abuse or whatever, I don't know what I would do. So I'm saying you can only forgive those offences deeply through the work of the Holy Spirit. Somebody did something devastating to me and to my family members I'm not gonna lie to you. It took me 15, 20 years to get over that thing completely. I worked on it. There were times when I didn't work on it, but I knew that I had to work on forgiveness. And I still laughed. I knew I'd forgiven the person when I asked them to be a friend on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay, you're over it. Any of you been there? Any of you there? I'm being honest with you, I'm being vulnerable with you. We still have to ask God to help us forgive. A story, just one story briefly because we are coming to an end a lady was driving her car and some teenagers who were kind of a bit drunk going in the opposite direction threw a big frozen turkey out of the window, it went through the windscreen and hit her in the face smashed her face to pieces she had a terrible accident she nearly died about three times on the scene of the accident, took Years to put her face together. That teenager came to trial facing a 20-year prison sentence and she publicly forgave him with people weeping in the court and the judge was lenient. She said, I want you to have a second chance. I don't want this thing to define your life. You know, something like that is just she was a Christian so yeah three areas of offense that we have to deal with if we're going to continue to love the way Jesus and John and God is asking us last point, encouraging people the best thing you can do for people under pressure discouraged and trying to fend off the negative thoughts of the devil uh, because he's always hammering us is to encourage them motivate them strengthen them uplift them 1 Thessalonians 5:11. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns we can live with him forever so encourage each other build each other up give them the support help to grow their confidence right I think that's the best way that we can love people you don't need to be rich You don't need to have oodles of time to be an encourager. You can have one cup of coffee with someone and change their life forever. Amen. What's my conclusion? I want to end by repeating the first line of our main passage. Let us continue to love, for love comes from God. As human beings, we're good at starting love. Do you remember that first day when you started to court your loved one? couldn't spend enough time when you were prepared to watch any movie, as long as it made that person happy, you'd eat any meal right? You'd do anything we're great at starting love and maybe restarting love, but you know with the boredom and the routine of life and the pressure of life love diminishes unless we're living in God and I want to tell you this, when we love the way I've shared, it's very beneficial to us because we attract love. The worst thing is to die a lonely old person who nobody wants to spend time with. When you love, God will bring people, He will draw people to you. You will be loved. And then of course we live in a world that is so short of love. Oh, my hat. If you think the world is short of money, if you think we're short of water, if you think we're short of whatever, it's nothing compared to the lack of love. We can change our community. And then lastly, guys, it's your assurance of salvation. The Bible says, perfect love casts out fear. You do not need to fear death. Because if you love the way we've spoken, it can only be because the Holy Spirit's inside of you that you are serving God and God is in you. Shall we stand, congregation? Let's stand. Because I I really believe the love of God is here. Remember, God has never devalued you. He's never esteemed you less or honoured you less. Otherwise, He would never have sent His Son to die for you right and God wants to do a work in our hearts we will change this community if we just start that love journey and God will bless you and God will honor you for that just my first prayer is there anyone here you know that you're not right with God and you want you're, you're moving towards the love of Christ you want forgiveness Bible says, every sin is chosen by God to be thrown away. God chooses not to remember your sin. You've just got to say, Father, I confess I'm a sinner. Jesus, please forgive me. No religious mumbo-jumbo. You say, Grandma, I've been listening to your message. I'm not right with God. I'm far from God. Could you honour God by saying yes to Him? Remember, the enemy will talk a hole into your ear. He'll say, no, but your ex-wife, your ex-husband, your ex-business partner, you can't let go of that hatred and that hurt and that heartbreak, but it's gonna hold you in spiritual bondage. This, in this moment, the Holy Spirit is here. Won't you let go? If you wanna give your life to Christ, you wanna pray that prayer, just put your hand up and put it straight down. That's all I want. I just wanna see. thank you. Thank you, sir thank you you're not saying you're not putting your hand up for religion this is a relationship with Jesus Christ who died for you it's not church membership anybody else so Graham this moment I'm saying please forgive me Jesus is there any other hand everyone every eye closed. it's not for anyone else because ultimately on judgment day you're going to stand alone before God is there someone else Shall we pray together? And you know what I want to include in our prayer? Those that are heartbroken. Those who feel rejected. Feel neglected. Feel isolated. I don't want you not to be comforted by the love of God. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, Lord. And I just pray for your grace and your mercy upon this congregation. I pray, God, heal the brokenhearted. I pray that your love will be felt by them. It's just a spiritual reality that we can't explain regardless of our circumstances. God, I pray for us that for those that raise their hands, that even as they have confessed their sins, they will have that assurance of salvation. God, I pray that you'd stir up a brand new sense of love amongst us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Was it not good to be in God's house this morning? Awesome. Church, can we once again say thank you to Uncle Graham for a great message? How good is that, eh? And... um Listen, if it's your first time in church today, or you just put up your hand and committed your life to Jesus for the first time, we want to meet you. There's a card in the seat pouch in front of you on the floor, if you're on the front row. Please fill in the details. There's also a space for prayer requests. If you are new, come and join us in the lounge. Grab your free coffee. Have a great week. We are so blessed. And love people, as Jesus did, hey? Have a great week. Bye.